Welcome to my podcast, Midlife with Courage, where my goal is to inspire you, a woman who wants to step outside of her comfort zone and live an amazing life. I'm Kim Benoy. I'll share my experiences, stories, and interviews with other amazing women that are meant to help you take those first steps towards something fantastic. So let's not wait another minute to get started. Hello and welcome to Midlife with Courage. I am Kim Benoy, and this week I have a lovely lady named Debbie Sunberg, and we are going to talk to her about her story and how she has kind of pivoted in her job and started her own business, and I will let her talk more about that. So, Debbie, welcome to Midlife with Courage. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure being here. I'm so happy to have you. So let's just jump right in. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? Family? Whatever you want to share. Okay. My name is Debbie Sunberg, and I live in the Dallas area with my husband of 40 years. We have two adult children uh, who are married and two lovely spouses. Uh, They live very close by, which throws my mama heart. (laughs) And uh, no grandchildren yet, but we are very hopeful that that's on the horizon soon. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of it in a nutshell. All right. So I love your story because you were in a profession for a long time. And then through no fault of your own, you had to make a switch. That's right. So tell us about that. Okay. Well, my background is actually in banking. And I... Uh, found myself drawn to the back office part in the operations where I really thrived. It kind of suited my uh, gift set, if you will, or skill set. And I really enjoyed just being behind the scenes and the day-to-day operations of what went on uh, on the retail side, which is the tellers and the Um, customer um, relationship part of it. So I was instrumental in uh, overseeing, you know, 10 branches under the direct supervision of the regional operations manager. And I was really thriving and and doing well. And um, I had worked there for so long and had gained a very good reputation to where people actually trusted me, uh, knowing that I was a hard worker and I was going to do what I thought was best. And I was giving a lot of, uh, for lack of a better term, maybe privilege. I was able to work remote when I wanted to or needed to. I was sent into branches to help and to perform audits to make sure that before the the quote real auditors came uh we they were practicing all of our best practices and all of our procedures and policies and i was just doing a a variety of things i was given an entire small department to run and i got in and um saw some ways that could be improved with efficiencies and streamlining things. And I was given carte blanche just to do what I felt like I needed to do. And I, I implemented some changes. And so I was really um, thriving in that and enjoying it very much. Um, my manager and I got along very well. 
were very different. <laughs> she had a very different personality than me, um, but it worked. It was uh, a real good balance between how she saw things and how I did. And we built a very good rapport and relationship on trust. I trusted her instincts with kind of the big picture and she trusted me with, okay, here's the direction we want to go. And then I was kind of the person that filled in all the details. And I went and said, okay, we need to do this and then that, then this. And she let me kind of create a roadmap of how we're going to get there. And so uh, it just, it was really a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Of course, there were things I didn't really enjoy about the job. Um, as with any position that you have, there are going to be certain things you don't really enjoy. But overall, I was really doing well and really loved what I was doing. And I, I just really was happy in what I was doing and got great reviews every year. And anyway, so one day, she called me in and it was time for my annual review, had a glowing review, got great remarks, comments on all the work I'd done for my goals. And I hit all of my goals and um, got a promotion and a raise. And that was very thrilling. But then at the very end of our conversation, she informed me that my position was being eliminated. Because uh, the holding company had done kind of an audit, if you will, of all of the regions. I worked in the Dallas region and we had it was a state situation. So every region had their own operations within that region. And they did uh, you know, a survey and they really looked at what was needed and what wasn't to try to build a consistency throughout all the regions. So everyone was doing everything the same. And they felt like my job wasn't really necessary for the Dallas region and that the operations manager could handle what I was doing. Yeah. Wow. So that was, uh, I reeled in my brain and my heart couldn't grasp what I was being told because one at one point I was told how wonderful I was, but I wasn't needed. <laughs> That's just crazy to me. Like all these glowing things and all oh, you're so wonderful, but oh by the way, we're yeah. getting rid of your job. Yeah, uh, when you know, and I think about it, and even at the time I thought, what's wrong with this picture? Something's not clicking because it made no sense to my brain or to my heart, and I kind of sat there stunned because I never saw this coming. And I'm a pretty intuitive individual. And I can kind of read between lines and do that, but I honestly never saw this coming. Wow. So I immediately said uh, I could feel myself getting emotional and upset. And I was trying so hard not to cry, <laughs> um, but I, I, I kind of did. And I knew that she would be okay with that because of our relationship. But I said, um, is it okay if I go home and kind of process what you've just told me? She said, absolutely. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. Um, go home, take your time. Um, and then when you're ready, we'll talk again. I left. It was 830 in the morning. <laughs> and all the way home, I was literally sobbing. And I tried to call my husband, and I did. And he was 
of course, thinking I'd gotten a terrible accident or something oh. because my words were not. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I finally said, I'm okay. I'll call you back when I get home. I'm on my way home. And I just sobbed and prayed and I just had this terrible. And I got home and I kind of gathered myself, called my husband. And all day I was just kind of a mess. And I went back the next day. It just so happened that we had this big meeting with all the area branch managers, she and I, and I had a portion of that meeting where I had to discuss something we were rolling out. And I had worked really hard on this. And Uh I thought I have to keep it together because this is still my job. And these people need to know what's going on. So I gathered myself, showed up at the headquarters, um, and did what I needed to do, acted like everything was fine, got through with the meeting. When we broke for lunch, I looked at her and said, my portion is over. Is it okay if I leave? And she said, absolutely. So I left. I don't know how you could do that. Yeah. You know, some, I, I have an ability and I believe honestly, it's, for one, a maturity level. And I have an ability that I'm glad that I, I learned as a female, as a woman. Um, I have the ability to tell myself, engage your brain and cut your heart off right now. This is the time for facts, not feelings. And so I have learned how to do that. (laughs) So that's what I did because I knew from working in the corporate world that men do not respond to emotion. And that's what gets a lot of women, in my opinion, shut, uh, cut out from a lot of things is because men don't understand that emotional. They, they think it's all, um, they, they just don't get that the way men's and women's brains are wired. They don't get that. So I've learned to do that to try to maintain a professionalism in the workplace so that nothing keeps me from, kind of moving up that corporate ladder, if you will. So that's what I've learned to do. And that's what I did. So um, I had lunch with a friend and I poured my heart out to her and she was listening and she, like you, was shocked that that actually happened. And then she said, have you ever heard of a virtual assistant? And I said, no. She gave me a very brief kind of explanation of what that was. And she said, I think you would be great at that. And I thought, well, thank you. And so I thought about it and I thought, you know what? I, I, I'm going to try to make this work. I, I, there's a couple of opportunities because I'd actually, actually gotten to a place where I went back to the office and we had another conversation, the manager and I, and she said, I have been trying everything I can to see what's available. I think you'd really be great as an auditor. That didn't appeal to me because while I, part of my job was kind of that. And I, the part of my job I didn't like was when I walked into the branch, the managers went, Oh no, there she is. Like, you know what I mean? Like she's going to check everything. And that part of the job really bothered me because I really work hard on having good rapport and relationships with people to garner trust. And I was seen as kind of the enemy that's going to come in and find all the things that are wrong, but it was part of my job. And I knew that and I thought, I can't worry about what they think or how they feel. I just need to be kind and gentle when I approach them about like, instead of doing it this way, let's do it that. You know, I really worked on my soft skills regarding that. So 
uh, that did not appeal to me at all, being an auditor. And I would have to go through some certifications. And, I would, and something in me said, I just don't want to be an auditor. I want to do what I've been doing. I like the processes and procedures and that and and the strategy and the thinking of ways to make everything better. Like we're doing good, but what can we do to improve it? I love that part of it. So I reached out to another department head, uh, found out there was a position available and talked at length with him about something that was very similar to what I was doing in operations in the what was called property management side where they needed someone to come in and uh, learn a software and uh, kind of input all the numbers and all the things about all the construction projects because part of it was new construction on branches we were opening closing others, building out new ones, or going in on a branch that we acquired and making it, you know, our own with our own stamp. So there were a lot of things like that. Also, we had some properties that the bank owned and we had tenants in them. So it kind of encompassed a whole series and groupings of different aspects. And I thought that sounds interesting. Maybe I can take my skill set and help them with some things. We had a conversation. He thought it was a great idea. I spoke to the department manager and he said, yes, it'll be a lateral move. So I could just move from operations to property management. So I decided, okay, that's what I'll do. So this was like the early first week of March where I had this, uh, news (laughs) put on me life-changing news yeah so what I decided to do was okay I want to set her up for success without me because she really didn't know the nitty-gritty of what I did I just did it and she trusted me to get it done so I spent the next three weeks and I we agreed that on the first week of April I would transfer and I begin working for this new department so I spent that three weeks making Um, SOPs, so to speak, standard operating procedures and different, you know, how you do this, how you do that with links. And I cleaned up the SharePoint site because I had in my job, I had created a whole SharePoint site to house all everything that we needed to operate on. And I cleaned all that up, got it in position, gave her all the documentation. We went over everything. I asked her if she had questions. So I really trained her to do my job before I left because despite what happened, I knew it wasn't her. This was not a personal decision on her part. This was really a business decision that really interrupted me. Sure, sure. And so I took it that way and didn't hold any grudge against anyone You know, that phrase, it's not personal, it's business. And I kept telling myself that this is a numbers game and I get the numbers because I had had to make some decisions for some things in my little thing that I did that didn't necessarily affect people where they lost their jobs. But I understood about the numbers and how important to see what we could do with less money. So I, I understood the whole business part of it. So that's what I did. And then I transferred to this other department. Well, in the beginning, it worked out pretty well. But then I noticed I wasn't being invited to meetings. I was treated differently than everyone else in the department. And this was a lateral move. And I was an assistant VP. I had my own laptop. 
VPN, I could remote in, I could, you know, set my own hours. I would, I could go in as early as six and leave at three. And can, I mean, I had a lot of freedom. And so I continue to do that under this new department because I, I was told nothing will change. You'll keep your title. You'll keep your pay. You'll keep all, you know, all my perks, so to speak. Yeah. So I just took it as that. Well, I started noticing I was being treated differently and we were as this department. Uh, some tenants had moved out and the bank decided we're going to move more of our people in and take over this space because we need more space for some things that we're rolling out. So they had um, gone in and reconstructed the whole space to fit the plan and it was almost ready. So when we moved in, instead of having an office, a private office and all those things, I was put in a cubicle in the very back away from every everyone else in my department had an office but me. <sighs> Why? I, you know, um, and then I began being treated like an admin. People would bring me things and say, I need this mailed out to this. I need this path. And I was, it was, it became very obvious that what I was told was not the reality of what was happening. Sure. I was ignored. I was not brought in. There were days no one spoke to me because I was secluded. And I was literally physically and relationally just not part of the team. That became very apparent. Well, in November, I kept on because I thought, I'm not a quitter. I'm going to figure <laughs> this out. I'm going to do what I've been paid as long as they pay me. And I'm going to think about this. And I really thought hard, okay, I think I'm going to put in my notice. However, I'm going to wait until I get my annual bonus because I've dealt with a whole lot during this year. <laughs> and I'm going to wait and endure whatever I have to and at least do this for one year so I can say I gave it one year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And in November that year, this manager called me in and told me there have been some changes. We're no longer going to work for the bank, but we're going to be incorporated and they're going to create a whole new department under the holding company. And it's going to be called construction and property management. And they're taking our department plus some, another department from another subsidiary and they're going to combine them and we're going to become this new department. And when that happens, it's going to start in January. We're going to move to an office downtown. Um, your role is changing. You will no longer be an officer. Your salary will stay the same, um, but your title will be this. You will be the, I think it was, um, I can't remember. I'd have to look it up, honestly. <laughs> but my title changed from what uh -huh. it was. And you will work eight to five Monday through Friday and you won't have a laptop or any of those privileges anymore. Oh my gosh. So I literally felt like I was starting all over because they did not recognize. I felt like I was not recognized for the person I was and what I brought to the table. Right. Right. And I thought, okay, okay. So I went home and I thought about it and I said, okay, I'm still going to do this. 
I can do anything for three months because March is when we would get our, it was kind of a profit sharing, if you will. And so March was when all of the bank officers got their um, percentage of their bonus. And so I got some books on Kindle about how to start up a VA business, anything. Uh, there's a great book by Michael Hyatt about how to work with your VA. You know, a lot of information that I could find. And I got those books. I put them on my Kindle. And because I live 25 miles from downtown, it was going to take me probably an hour to get there in my car. Plus, because I was no longer an officer, I was responsible for paying $180 a month parking downtown. So I wasn't willing to do that. That was not a bit. So I took the train in. I drove about 20 minutes to a train station, got on the train, got into downtown, left the office, got back on the train, drove to this train station and got back home. That took me an hour and a half each way. So I was spending three hours a day commuting to a job where I was being treated badly. But I thought, you know what, I can do this because I know the end of March, I won't be doing this anymore. And I took my Kindle with me and I studied and I read and I really absorbed how to start my own business because that was my plan. So I did that till the end of March. As soon as I got my bonus, the next day I put in my two week notice. Oh, good for you. And I was kind. My resignation was thank you very much for this op- for presenting this opportunity to me when I needed it. Um, but I've decided to move into something else to get more of a work life balance. And it was very kind. I didn't throw anyone under the bus, even in my exit interview. The only thing that I said. And it wasn't even derogatory. It was actually factual was I'm spending three hours a day commuting. That is 15 hours a week. That is two work days just to get to this job and back. And then that's not working for me. Not for not for what I'm doing. No, a job you're not enjoying. Exactly. Being treated the way you're being treated. So that's what I did. I. um came home. I took a little break, took a little vacay (laughs) just to kind of try to heal emotionally, quite honestly, because that left me, um, all of my confidence left me. And it really did a number on me mentally and emotionally. Oh, I can imagine. Anxiety came in with a vengeance. And I started having panic attacks, something very new to me. And I knew that the stress in the situation, because what what I now know that I didn't know at the time was I kind of kind of suppressed all of that and just said, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I've got to put on my big girl panties and keep going, you know, suck it up and keep going because that's what you do. And that's really not what you do. <laughs> You do just the opposite. You you find a someone that you trust, a counselor, a close friend, a spouse, someone that you trust and know and can pour your heart in. And I did do that in prayer. I'm a believer in Jesus. So I did that 
but I really needed someone else to kind of lock arms with me and walk through me through that. And I regret I didn't do that. I re- because it took me a lot longer to heal than it probably could have if I had just had someone, a confidant, that would kind of look at me and say, you're not crazy. What happened to you is very hard. And it's okay that you're upset, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's yeah. that's kind of my story. Yeah. It does have a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am actually doing my thing. I learned how to uh, upstart from scratch a VA business. My husband was very sweet and supportive, and he bought me a – he's an IT guru guy. Nice. Knows so much more than I will ever know about all the things. Uh, and he bought me a great laptop to start on. I mean, he's been very, very sweet and supportive. Of course, he doesn't get what I'm doing as far as because I I don't have the same skill set and knowledge that he does about technology. My skill set lies in I don't really know all the coding in the back end and all the things like that, but I do have the ability to learn a software and figure it out and make it do what I want it to do. (laughs) Nice. Nice. So I'm doing that. I've had pretty good success for, in my opinion, for where I am and what I'm doing. I've taken on a couple of clients, little projects here and there off and on. And I just booked my first real retaining client uh, on Friday for 20 hours a week. And it's ongoing and it's honestly my dream client, someone who. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So it's all worth it. You can do this is my message. Things happen regardless of where you are in life or what happens to you. You can do this. That's what I hope that you hear is things happen that you really wish hadn't but you face them head on, you deal with them and you figure it out and you can do it. I am, I think I'm in the prime of my life still, but a lot of people would argue that someone at my age, uh, and I'll just be real honest with you. It doesn't bother me. Age is just a number to me, honestly. I was 58 when this happened to me. Wow. And so, um, yeah. I just, that's totally, that's my message to people. That's why I do this podcast. And I think you're the perfect example of that where, you know, you did something for so long, you got knocked down and you just came back and with a roar, basically, you know, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do this. And here I am. Yeah. Uh, I just think that's inspiring and wonderful and amazing. And and there were moments and I had my days, I'm not going to lie, where I thought, I can't do this. What was I thinking? But as I have done research on entrepreneurship and all those kinds of things and listen to other people's stories and podcasts and uh, blogs and just all kinds of information, that's kind of a normal thing for anyone who's entrepreneurial is you have this roller coaster of, yay, things are going great. I'm so happy. And then the next day you might be down like, what was I thinking? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
so, done there, done that. Like, yeah. Maybe so I should just go get a job at McDonald's or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that makes me feel better. Oh, <laughs> but I yeah. do have a lot of learning and growing, and I've grown personally. I have grown in my knowledge and my skills, and I had to figure out what I did for cor- in the corporate world because it's a whole different world in corporate America than it is online business. totally different things so I did try to figure out what what that really how that relates and what I did to bring it on the online space and I've learned to be a lot more warm and friendly and relational and the whole thing about no trust um, is very important when you're dealing with people that have their own businesses online as opposed to the corporate world they have to know trust you know, and believe in you to pay you to do what you say you can do. Sure, sure. So that's what I try to do. Oh, that's amazing. And so for people who aren't really familiar with VA, virtual assistant, just can you give us just in a little nutshell what that is? Like, who do you help and what do you do? Okay. I mean, I, I know, but I just want to share yeah. with others. VA <laughs> encompasses quite a range of skill sets. You could be a real estate VA because that's your niche, so to speak, and you do all kinds of back-end work for a real estate agent. You could be a medical VA. You could be a business coach VA. Um, You can just be a general admin. Some people hire uh, VAs just to do like email management and customer service and what envision having an office in the corporate America with an administrative assistant right outside your door and you hand things to them to do. So that's kind of, there are general VAs that do kind of that kind of work, but they have a contract that says, I'm going to do this, that, and the other for you and nothing else. And it's pretty ironclad. I will do this things for this amount of money every month. And some of them do hourly, you pay, you know, like you prepay for so many hours, they do the work. And some are ongoing. I'll do this for you for this much a month. So it, and it sounds um, convoluted, but it really isn't. It just, and then as you start out, you kind of figure out, you know, I like doing this. I don't like doing that. And you niche down. And the more you work at it, the more you figure out what you love to do. So I have discovered a love for helping business owners who are, teachers, coaches, educators, anything like that in that kind of arena. It could be a business coach, um, some kind of educator that teaches people how to do a thing. Maybe it's keep, be healthy. Maybe it's exercise, train, whatever. Um, And I go in and I do their processes and procedures and help them go in and set up like client onboarding, for example, or something like that and how to get them where they can be to where they're not spending all that time onboarding clients and I can automate that for them and save them time so they can spend more time doing what they love. So my whole tagline is spend time doing what you do best and I'll help with the rest. Oh, nice. I love That's it. That's what I do. I and the other part of it, surprisingly enough to me, is I have developed a love for graphic design. And I don't consider myself creative at all. But there is the right side of my brain that kicks in. And uh, many of my clients that have hired me have done so 
for graphic design and I create their lead magnets and workbooks and ebooks and social media images and things like that for, from the graphic design. They give me the copy and I make it beautiful and on brand for them and give them what they need, for example, for their course materials. And I break it down and I, they give me all the copy and I just make it beautiful and on brand for them in like a PDF format and send it back to them. And they pay me to do that, which I absolutely love to do. <laughs> so I, it's kind of fun because the left side of my brain gets satisfied as well as the right. <laughs> nice. Nice. I love that you found that for yourself. Yeah. That's amazing. So I always ask someone the same, all my guests, the same question. I think you might've answered this already, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> if you could go back in time and give your younger self some advice, what would it be? Oh, you know, believe in yourself. I have spent a lifetime not thinking I was very smart or could do things. When I was younger, I did things and I would look at other people. The other thing is don't compare yourself to someone else. Um, I heard a saying, and this was actually Kendall Norman, who is one of your oh, guests, okay. and she actually put this out, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, on an email. And it said, don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. And I thought that was, it was so on point for me at the time I was upstarting my business because it was very slow going. It took me a very long time. And I was so, I would get so upset hearing everyone else say, I've only been doing this for two weeks and I'm already booked out. And I thought, oh, what's wrong with me? Oh, that drives me crazy too. Like, you know, what? And, and I, I was genuinely happy for them, but it made me think, well, what am I doing wrong? Right, you know right. I wasn't doing anything wrong. My timeline is my timeline and it's okay. And another thing that I thought was really funny is it only took me 10 years to become an overnight success. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Those are the two pieces of information. Be very cognizant of where you are and be okay with where you are and don't quit. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep figuring out and whatever you do, don't quit because if you quit, you're never going to find the success. Amazing. I love that message. Wonderful. Um, So where can people find you if they want to um, get in touch with you? Well, I have a Facebook uh, account. I'm in the throes of building my website. So that is not quite up and running yet, but that's on my to-do list by the end of the year. So you can find me at Be Productive VA on Facebook. You can find me as Debbie Sundberg on Facebook, and there should be a link where I work. So you can find me there. I'm also on LinkedIn, Debbie Sundberg. All right. And I will put that information in our show notes so everyone thank can see you. that. Thank you. And yeah, Debbie, I just want to thank you so much for being my guest this week. Thank and you. I appreciate yeah. the opportunity very much. And I hope that my story resonates with others and really encourages them. Yes, I'm sure it will. I just, I just love it. So thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to Midlife with Courage, and I hope that you've been inspired and motivated to live your amazing life. I'm Kim Benoit. 
and I want you to live every moment. For more inspiration and motivation, check out my website, www.midlifewithcourage.com. You can read more about my story and find links to more great information. Take care of your beautiful self, and I'll talk to you soon.